start a new teaching series on relationship from today, which will span into our Sunday services. And my bent for it in the Saturday services for this month will be, you know, towards uh, um, things that pertain to us. So we'll, we'll title uh, these Single and Valuable. Single and Valuable. Join me in your Bibles. Is chapter 2, I'll read from verse 8 down to 15. Genesis chapter 2, verse 8 down to 15. Uh, I want you to help me look at your neighbor and ask your neighbor, are you ready for the word of God? I'm sure we're going to have a lot of fun here today. I believe God will energize his word in your heart and cause a transformation in your life in the name of Jesus. Genesis chapter 2, I'll read from verse 8. And the Lord planted a garden eastward in Eden. And there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground, the Lord God made every tree grow that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was also in the midst of the garden and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And now a river went out of Eden to water the garden. And from there it parted and became four river heads. The name of the first is Pishon. It's, it is the one which sketches the old land of a villa where there is gold. And the gold of that land is good. Delium and onyx stones are there. Verse 13. The name of the second river is Gion. It is the one that goes around the old land of Cush. Verse 14. The name of the third river is Idakel. It is the one that goes, the one which goes towards the east of Assyria. And the fourth river is Euphrates. Verse 15. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it. To tend and keep it. To tend and keep it. The Lord bless the reading of his word. Lift your right hand with me this evening. Our Father, we thank you for the entrance of your word. Let it bring light and understanding to every heart. We pray for everyone joining us on the internet today. We ask, let your light shine upon their hearts. Spirit of the living God, move over this congregation and let your blessing rest upon everyone. Help us not to be the same again. In Jesus' precious name. Single and valuable. The Bible says here in Genesis chapter 2 that God planted a garden eastward in Eden. And the Bible described God's investment in the garden. The most important thing that I wanted to get out of that uh, short story, part of the story of creation, was that God made a lot of investment in a geographical location. Investment of, you know, precious stones, investment of Rivers, and when we talk about rivers, you, you need to understand something. The, the, when you talk about river, you need to think about the resources within the water. You, th- you need to think about what can be done with a flowing river. Because right in the, the river with four heads, you have hydroelectric power. You can generate ele- electricity. Everything that man needed was right there in the garden. Including all the precious stones and the, the metals and different things, you know, and trees that will bring food. The garden was a complete place. It was an expensive, you know, venture. It was something that God invested in. And after all the investment, what did he do? 
The Bible says that he placed man in the midst of the garden. Verse 15 says, Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and to keep it. The word tend there is the same word, cultivate. To cultivate the garden and to keep it. It was like when you have invested your last penny into a venture. And then after all the investment, he said, who can be the CEO of this enterprise? Okay, this guy will be able to do it. Point to your neighbor say, you. <laughs> yeah, say CEO. Yeah. When God looks down from heaven, what he saw in Adam was a CEO material. Someone who could take charge of this investment and turn it around and make it profitable, make it glorious, make it fulfill the original intention and make it, you know, what everything, all the investment. And that was the first man that God created. And Adam was single. So it's okay to be single and be CEO. <laughs> and we stay together. Yeah. It's okay to be single and be valuable. It's okay to be single and be an embodiment of value. It's okay to be single and be able to figure out life beyond yourself. It's okay to be single and live a life of contribution. It's okay to be single and understand the principles that govern life. It's okay to be single and be entrusted with great stuff. It's okay to be single and be someone who can cultivate. Because when you are single and you lack the capacity to cultivate, to tend, to keep, and you don't see any value in yourself. I mean, let, let me just, let me, let me dwell on this a little bit. So can you imagine that you are the one that God called after all that investment, where there's gold, there's everything. You now said, I want you to come and, you know, be the managing director to, to tend and to keep it, to cultivate it. What would you say if you size yourself up against <laughs> the whole enterprise, what will you say? That's a big question for somebody here today. Are you, can you look at yourself and feel like I am the kind of person that God can put in charge of Eden? Where everything, everything works. And everything was, was already provided. The, a great place. Because that's the, that, when God looks down from heaven, that's how he sees you. You may be single, but that's how he sees you. It means that I don't have to be necessarily a married person before I become a person of value. I don't have to be. I can be extremely valuable as a single person. I can be extremely valuable. So, uh, uh, God saw Adam there and he saw a gardener, a cultivator. So, a good man or a good woman is a gardener, a nurturer, not a taker. When God created you, he plan, his plan was for you to be an embodiment of value. That's all I'm trying to say. An embodiment of value. Not a taker. You know, some people, even now when we talk about relationship, the only thing you're looking forward to is what you get. God created Adam, you know, as a single person. Adam was an embodiment of value. God made him see it to recognize it. When God placed him in the garden, he took responsibility. Yeah, and he wasn't looking for what to get. Even, I mean, maybe next Saturday I'm going to go a little further. This is the thought for today, and I'm going to dwell on this a bit more today. But, you know, when God started to talk to Adam, it's not good that man should be alone. It wasn't even Adam's idea. You know, Adam did not go to God and say, Ah, God, you know, this thing is too much. 
Even this garden, when you see, I can't even see the end of it. And you want me, me, small me. Yeah. You know, if you ask some people, say, me. Come and be the MD of a bank, me. It's just now. I mean, even, do you know that there are certain blessings God can move me to pronounce now? And some people will look back to say, it's not me, Pastor, is talking about it. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's, that's how, you see, my aim today is to help you to understand that you are just like that Adam that God put in the midst of the garden. And you need to understand that when God sees you, he sees value. He sees goodness. He sees someone with an ability to cultivate. He sees somebody with an ability to add value. You must understand yourself like that and see yourself like that. So in life, we make choices to see ourselves either as an asset or a liability. It has an asset or a liability. And there's something that, you know, brings the programming for people to see themselves as a liability when they're supposed to see themselves as an asset. An asset adds value. A liability reduces value. And the reality check is, are you an asset or a liability? If you are here, you are in a relationship, is it okay to ask you the question? When you gauge how far you've gone with that relationship, do you consider yourself an asset to that relationship or a liability? Maybe you are not even in a relationship right now, but you've been in, you've been in quite a few. In the few that you have been, would you say, while the relationship lasted, or would you say, while the relationship lasted, the relationship made me feel like a liability? Or the guy I was dating or the lady I was dating made me feel like a liability? Was that real or inferred? When I said, this person made me feel. You see, it's one thing for somebody to make you feel somehow. It's another thing for you to gauge it and say, truly, huh? I'm a liability, man. Liability. <laughs> because if you want to be truth, truthful to yourself, you tell yourself, ah, ah, I tried. It was a real liability. <laughs> you know, when, 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 when a lady, you know, wants to put a guy up, you know, by his bootstrap, do this, do that, you know, dust your CV, go out there, look for work, and this lady is dragging you, dragging you. You are a luggage for somebody to carry. Yeah. Nobody was dragging Adam. He saw himself the way God saw him. God put him in a garden and he rose up to the occasion. He was doing so much, God said, it's not good for this man to be alone. He's putting his ultimate best into this adventure, but yet it's not good for this man to be alone. Adam did not see himself as a liability. He saw himself as an asset. Yeah. It's important for you to understand that God wants you to see yourself not as a liability, but as an asset. It's very, very important. God wants me to see myself not as a liability, but as an asset. That's the way God wants me to see myself. Very important. So, what do you bring to the table? What kind of attitude, perspective, resources, belief system, even criticism? Because some people bring only negative criticism to the table. Criticism, feedback. What do you bring to the table? 
If you're not in a relationship right now, if you get into a relationship, are you going to be an asset or a liability? It's a big question you should answer. If you're not answering it, you, 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 how do I put it? If you're not answering that question, you're not fair. You're not, you, you need to answer that question before you intensify your prayer for a future partner. If not, you are not fair. It's fair enough for you to answer the question. You know, I, I, I used to tell singles in this church, that one other way to put that question of am I an asset or liability is to say, am I the person that the person I'm looking for is looking for? Because any reasonable person that wants to get married is looking for an asset. An asset adds to you. A liability takes from you. In simple, you know, financial terms when they do asset and liability and all that, they say, for instance, uh, anything that cannot appreciate, invest money, you know, maybe in a house or something, the house gains value, and if you're not living there, you get rent from it. That's an asset. If you use that same money to buy a car, and you're not using that car for business, you're just using it for leisure, that car is a liability because it does not necessarily hard to you. It takes from you. If it's that it takes you to work, brings you back, and takes care of your transportation and all that, maybe in between, it's not really a liability. So far, it's not breaking down or Tomeland Bridge or, you know. <laughs> Glory be to Jesus. Let's get down to business a little more. The sense of being an asset or liability a lot of the time stems from the kind of stories that we tell ourselves. The kind of stories that we tell ourselves. We took Obiora's God, God, God experience uh, you know, earlier on in the service and you know what he said about the kind of stories that he was telling himself earlier. How he could not even come up with any positive story about himself. He got to a point he could not even remember the credentials that he had and what he was able to do. You see, when you cannot remember any sense of value about yourself, it means that you're telling yourself negative stories all the time. And those stories that you're telling yourself end up redefining your person to you. So as human beings, you know, we crave what we call coherence. Things have to make sense. Let me explain what I'm talking about. Humans, human, human beings crave coherence. Things have to make sense. It's as simple as this. I'm sitting down now, like I'm sitting in church. Somebody passed by me, and I say, hi, good evening, and the person did not answer me. The fact that the person did not answer me must make sense to me. So I need to rationalize it. One, maybe the guy doesn't like me. Maybe our mutual friend told him a story about me. You know, so I go on and on to create coherence, to make some sense out of that incident, and I can create like 10 stories. At the end of the day, I will pick one of the stories. Because until I pick one, I can't be at peace. Are you following me? Yeah. Then I pick one of the stories. That then becomes the dominant story that I tell myself. When it comes to this person. People write stories in their mind about their family. Stories about you know, their, their career or their, 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 their place of work. For instance, if you, if, you, if you see your office as a battlefield. And that's the predominant story about your office. What then happens is that every time you are going to work, you are battle ready. Because the story you tell yourself is, this place is a battleground. We are here to hack each other down. And the best fighter wins. Some of us work in such environments. Yeah. 
And we're there to change the story. But you need to start with yourself changing the story. There's power, you know, in internal stories. I don't know how many of you have watched uh, Chimamanda's uh, The Danger of a Single Story, the TED Talk that she gave uh, a few years ago. Yeah, one of those things that actually launched her, you know, into the, 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 the public a little bit more. The danger of a, in, in The Danger of a Single Story, Chimamanda, you know, told the story about how she grew up in Eastern Nigeria, you know, university community. Her dad was a professor, a mom, an administrator, and, you know, but all the books she read were from the West, especially from Britain. And, you know, she read about snow, read about people eating apple and drinking ginger beer, you know, and all that. And when she started writing stories, she felt like that's what stories have to look like. They are always talking about weather. Yeah, we don't talk about weather. Our weather doesn't mean anything. It doesn't really change like that. Yeah. You just expect that when you wake up tomorrow morning, there will be sun and there will be sun. Yeah. But abroad, you know, they have all kinds of weather. So weather is an issue. So she said she started writing stories, you know, that will also play off some of those things. And she didn't know that she was just fooling herself. You need to write a story that is adaptable to who you really are, your own context. And, you know, she ended the talk by twisting it with the fact that people in the West have a single story about Africa and developing countries. There are many good things happening here that they don't know anything about because this, the stories they've heard, read about us are the stories of, you know, backwardness and this and that. Some of them still think that, you know, some of you, you hop from tree to tree to go to work. Yeah, like monkeys. Yeah, that's, that's what they, 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 they think. Yeah, like, you know, <laughs> that you, or you ride elephants to work. Because that's what they've heard. You know, there's power in the stories that we tell ourselves from time to time. Romans chapter 12, when you read, uh, especially verse 2, but I will read verse 1 and 2 from the message translation. It says, so, so, here is what I want you to do. God helping you. Verse 1 of Romans chapter 12, message translation. So take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life. And place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you in the, is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture or your story. Don't become so well adjusted to your story that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. He said you will be changed from inside out. Readily recognize what he wants for you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture or the stories around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. The King James Version says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That you may know what is, you know, uh, uh, well, Acceptable, you know, and perfect will of God and all that. But I want you to understand something. The stories we tell ourselves are the things that we live out in our everyday life. And the writer of Romans chapter 12 says, that you're sleeping, waking up moment, walking around moment, put it in the hand of God. Let him rewrite the stories. For some of us, you know, life has dealt great blows at you. Growing up was not funny. Issues here, issues there, 
And those issues have written so many stories on your mind about yourself. You know one of the benefits of being Adam? Adam had no background. God just made him into the garden. Don't you think it would be fun if he just woke up like this as an adult? Because all the issues we're dealing with now, I won't have to deal with it. Let me give you an, an example of what I'm talking about. One of the stories I dealt with before I, you know, I became saved and then I started to renew my mind, and also as a single person, was that always at the bottom of the ladder from my family setting, I was number five out of six and number 24 out of 27, something like that. Yeah. So everybody oppressed me. My brothers would just send me. They won't know what, what to send. They would just send you on air and They can say you should go out and blow here, outside and come back. You know, when there's nothing to do, they just want to oppress you. Say, so just go outside and come back. Who born you not to go? Because you have FT men sitting down like this and they say, you are walking around anyhow, you are distracting them. Just go. Just be walking. Just be walking. Just go. That was how I grew up. <laughs> and they will call you all kinds of names. This little rat, you know, I love to talk. And half of what I was saying then was just a figment of my imagination. So most of them did not make sense. But <laughs> because I was young, I just loved to talk. I would just say this, say this. You know, I remember <laughs> when I got into the boarding house and my first holiday after boarding house. So the, my brothers, you know, were sitting together gisting. And then one of them called me, come, 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 come. So what happened in your boarding house? And, ah, I, my bo- I went to you know, government college badon. That was a badon. And they, I, we didn't come to Lagos for excursion, but I fabricated it. <laughs> now we came to Lagos for excursion, you know, and all that. They said, how did you come to Lagos? I said, to a boat. Ah. You know. <laughs> and you, you can imagine some of my brothers then were undergrads. Undergrads. And they were looking at me. <laughs> and after everything, one of them said, ah. Look at this little rat. You think? You, think well, you're, you're wasting our time. My, my <laughs> you know, so you walk away from that place with your tail in between your leg, thinking that all my stories did not fly. I thought, you know, and then they call you a rat. They call you this. Now, let, let, let me tell you something. All that, you know, there were stories I was telling myself from that. That you're not good. All your brothers are better than you. You know all that. When I was dating my wife now, Many years ago, one day we were, we were just playing, and she mistakenly said, Shut up, Joe, you this rat. I flipped. You need to see how I flipped. In fact, that singular incident would have ended our relationship. I believe it was just God that saved it. She touched a nerve, you know, and what she said reminded me of the stories. That I've told myself in time past. If you have been abused before, if you grew up with a single mother, or you never knew your father, or your father said, I don't want to see you, know, you or anything like that. There are, there are things that you need to deal with to, to, to align with God's perfect will for your life as an embodiment of value. To tell yourself, I'm not a rat, I'm not, you know, I'm not stupid, I'm not an idiot. Because life has a way of telling us single stories about ourselves. But there's another story that we need to tell ourselves. And that's where the truth of the scripture comes in. Are you still with me today? Israel 
was, they were telling themselves, 10 out of 12, a single story, were grasshoppers, were grasshoppers. Yeah. God wants all of us to be like Adam, who could just almost literally behave as if there was no baggage from the past. And face the challenge of managing anything, including a good relationship, a good home, and do a great job at it. That's the plan of God for us. So for better or for worse, our stories shape what we notice and how we interpret them. They inform our decision making and our behavior. Those are the stories we're telling ourselves. That's what they do to us. They inform our decision making and our behavior. So there may come a time when you need to shift your guiding stories to one that enables you to pursue new goals and do things differently. And that time has come. That will enable you to pursue new goals and do things differently. Can you help me look at your neighbor and say, time to pursue new goals. Say, I'm who God says I am. Your personal story will affect a few things. Let me just run through them. Your personal story will affect your words. If you cannot ask, you know, accept compliments easily, maybe before we go today, I will still tell you to compliment somebody. If you cannot accept compliments easily, that means your personal story needs fresh air. Story needs some adjustment. Because your personal story affects what you say about yourself. Words are seen. The moment you continue to say negative words about yourself, you begin to you know, still plant many more negative stories around your life. You know, as we're all sitting down here today, we all have all kinds of stories playing in the background. So you hear yourself the most in your life. That's one thing you, you need to understand. The moment you realize that what you are hearing is not what can take you to your future. You need to understand that it's coming from a place of a personal story that you need to work on. Your personal story will also affect your vision. Your life will always move in the direction of the pictures in your heart. And it's the personal story that paints those pictures more vividly. After someone has been in like three relationships consecutively, and everyone in that relationship complain, you know, it's more confusing when you have been in three relationships and all the three people complain about different things. You know, it's very, it's more interesting if they complain about the same thing. Then you make up your mind, maybe I need to work on this. But if one says, you talk too much, and the other one says, and the third one, <laughs> and third one says, you know, some, something that you, you don't respect people. It's, I mean, we should take all those things as feedback, but the issue is that you, you then have too many things forming a dangerous story around your life. And at the end of the day, you know what such people be, believe? The story around them is that they cannot really, they're not good for a relationship. So if I'm going to get married at all, let's not even do relationship plans. Let's just marry. Because you tell yourself, if this thing goes beyond three months, it's going to break. Because all the other ones have been breaking. Yeah. So you shock yourself into it and get into marriage and see the reality of marriage and know that any unfinished work in dating will become fresh project in marriage. Because in life, there's no free pass. Issues are there to be resolved. Is somebody still with me this evening? Very important. 
So the, the, the stories you are telling yourself will affect your vision, how you see yourself, how you see your future. Stories will affect it. Second Corinthians three eighteen says, "What will be old faintly in the glass? The glory of God." He said, "We are changed. We are changed from one level of glory to another. What you see is what you become, and you need to change what you are seeing." You need to change what you are seeing. And the only way you change what you are seeing is to change the stories, the overriding stories that are painting those pictures. Thirdly, the stories you are telling yourself will shape your action. The places you go, the places you refuse to go, what you do and what you refuse to do. See, let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. Based on the stories we tell ourselves, some people will think, for instance now, that there's no way I can stand in front of a crowd and talk the way Pastor Goldman is talking and, you know, address people. I'm a shy person. I, I don't like to, you know, I would rather go to jail. That will lock you up or you speak. You say, lock me up. <laughs> That's how bad it is for some people. But you know sometimes God creates opportunities for you. Sometimes just one opportunity and it breaks the story. And that's when we open up ourselves to the Holy Spirit to affect those prevailing stories. Is there somebody here who has um, any kind of fear of, and the story you're telling yourself is that you can't speak in public? Anyone at all? I just want to see a show of hands. Anyone at all? Come. I just want you to come and say hello to this congregation. <laughs> Let's rewrite the story today. Come, come, come. Let's appreciate that. She needs some encouragement. Please encourage. She's a celeb. Let's welcome the celeb. I want us to just come up to this point. How many people believe that she's a beautiful lady? Yeah. Do you see now that you did not melt? Yeah. I just want you to just enjoy the moment. Just stay there. Just be enjoying. I, I, I'm just saying that when you do the things that you're afraid of doing, you are enforcing your sense of value. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. Some people feel, you know, ah, I can't talk to somebody like that. You know, the way that, that guy is looking, ah, the guy, I can't talk to that, or I can't talk to that kind of lady. You need to start practicing talk. You are a person of value where the, you know, God created you to take charge of your environment, your life, and everything around you. That's when we become single and valuable. And then we'll become an essential commodity that somebody has to look out for. My name is Ofure. Okay. Okay, her name is Ofure. And she's a very bold young lady. She's a go-getter. Yeah. And she's aware of herself, which is a good thing. Because when I said, I don't know if you are afraid of you know, public speaking, she was one of the first few people to shoot up her hand. Some of us are not even aware. Of what, we, of what we don't like to do. Yeah. In front of all these people. And now you see that, you know, people love you. And there's no big deal to speaking in public or anything like that. So I just wanted to hold the microphone and... <laughs> chill, offer it, chill. Chill. Hello, everyone. Um... <laughs> so I was excited and... Um... I went to get one, and I shared the other one with a friend. So, yeah. Somebody say, go, hopefully, go. No, 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 we didn't say run. We, just... <laughs> we were trying to, you know, just, 
you know, I, I don't have enough time. We should have, I mean, we'll do more of this, okay? Don't run away next Saturday. <laughs> so, tell your neighbor for me, it's time to do the things that you're afraid of doing. So you need to watch your language, your attitude, and lifestyle. There's no need to be snobbish or proud. Just be yourself as a person of value that God has created. Change the stories and get to that point where you can tell yourself, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. As a round of today, the biggest part of what I've talked about is that your personal story, a lot of the time we judge ourselves Ashley. My encouragement is don't judge yourself too Ashley. The fact that you, you know, you make a mistake does not make you a mistake or a victim. All of us have issues that we've gone through in life. Learn your lessons, forget the details, and move on with your life. That's, that's the only thing you will hear from what I've said today. Please hear it well. You made a mistake, you bungled a relationship, you, you messed up with a business, business started with a bang, and boom, it died. Whatever it is. Learn the lessons. Dump all that and move on with life. A lot of us are still carrying. My father left me. My mother didn't take care of me. Uh, my first relationship was an abusive one. So maybe I was created for abuse. Maybe this and that. So before you get into another relationship, you're already expecting that the person will be abusive. A macho man. <laughs> Lastly, I just want to drop this on you. Put my last slide there. I want you to be aware of this and the sense of being adequate. When God put Adam in the garden, he had all these three in place. And that was why he could face anything, do anything. It was a one-man riot squad, one-woman riot squad. He could do anything. It was because he had a sense of being loved. There's nothing that's comparable to the love of the Father. The love that we have in Christ Jesus. And then he had a sense of being accepted. In Ephesians chapter 1 and think verse number 6. The Bible says we've been accepted in the beloved. Anyone that tries to reject me right now is rejecting value. To his or a detriment. That's what you should have at the back of your mind. If I greet anybody now and they don't answer me, it's not my problem. I know if you had answered me, I would have been a blessing to you. Because I had value everywhere I go. So I can't get angry because of that. Yeah. Or feel rejected because of that. I am a valuable person, a resourceful person on my own. That's the story that I tell myself. Whatever comes my way, whether it's rejection or whatever, because I'm already, I already have a sense of being accepted and have a sense of being adequate. If you have a sense of being adequate, you will not internalize failure as being fatal. It's just an event. Yeah, it's just an event. It's just an event. It's just an event. Whether it's career-related failure, business-related failure, academic-related failure, it's just an event. If you failed an exam, it's because you didn't prepare well enough. It's not because you don't have the value or the capacity. So you need to go back and prepare again and do it again. Yeah. And then it becomes a thing of the past. If you have a very strong sense of being adequate, the Bible says we are complete in him who is the head of all principalities and power. Talking about Jesus. We're completing him. Our life is hid in Christ and in God. 
There's nothing more powerful than that. I'm adequate. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. That's the sense that we have. So that even when adversity comes, you're strong. If you can't pull yourself up as a single person, you become a liability in a relationship. When you're supposed to encourage somebody to say, this one too will come to pass, yeah, we are all dead. And then there's no, I mean, the Bible says, one which is a thousand, two, ten thousand. You know, some people, if you had the two, instead of one thousand, the person is chasing before, it's two hundred. Or hundred that will go to because of that lack of sense of value. Can you hear me look at your neighbor this evening and tell your neighbor, I'm a person of value. I'm valuable. I'm single and valuable. I'm here to add value. Starting with you. <laughs> Glory be to Jesus. Are you blessed tonight? Lift your right hand to Jesus all over this place. And I wanted to just say a prayer. I wanted to say a prayer. Father, help me to recognize that I'm a person of value. 